B-Pod Studios. Comic books, video games, anime, sci-fi. If you've been made fun of for it, we're probably going to talk about it. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Nerd Radio. Welcome, everyone, to another week in Nerd Radio. My name is Chuck Bean. I'm your host and uh, joined from home, as it has been the last couple of months while we're all quarantined and social distancing, with my co-host, James. What's going on? And Mr. Al Beck. Man, we're starting to get used to this new setup, you know? It's going to feel real weird someday, inevitably, when we're in the Checkpoint XP studios again. I know. I'm in gym shorts, and I, I don't have shoes on. I will be looking forward to having a chair, though. I've, I've been standing during all this at home. Oh, my God, really? I, I had no I, idea. I thought I smelled something. Shoes are off. <laughs> I smelled it through the Discord. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we're back in the studio, you will be able to smell it. <laughs> mm, can hardly wait <laughs> well we usually don't get together to talk about things you can smell we get together to talk about nerd stuff and we've got a bunch of nerd stuff to get to this week before we do though i want to uh, let you guys know you can follow us on social media at nerd radio 101 find us on instagram on facebook and on twitter and on youtube where we've got clips from a couple of months ago when we were in the checkpoint xp studios um yeah, so back in the day back in the good old days yeah and we it is yeah. it is the plan to be back in there eventually i've actually had somebody ask like where, i haven't been able to see the show lately i was like well there's cameras but only we can see each other so yeah you know. we haven't been recording our uh our at-home uh pantsless nerd radios. right but when we do get back in the checkpoint xp studios you know be on the lookout for some videos and stuff so the big news last week, uh, I think it was like 24 hours after we recorded, was the reveal of the PlayStation 5. Did you guys take in any of this? I did. I watched the entire reveal. Oh, nice. How long nice. was the so reveal? Because I watched nothing. Well, they, they showed us what the PlayStation 5 is going to look like, which led to a lot of fun uh, graphic manipulation on Twitter. People mm-hmm. saying it looks like a router with a couple pieces of paper on each side. But they I think it looks look- sweet, man. It looks like the Avengers Tower from uh, Age of Ultron. It does. Tony Stark's headquarters is over there. That's what I think it looks like. Yeah, and people were kind of bummed that it only looks like it stands upright, but they did show like the next day that you can lay it on its side, like mm. most systems do. Yeah, so kind of like the three where you could you could choose. Yeah, or the four even. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But the uh, the big thing we talked about last week was what kind of games could they reveal for the PlayStation mm-hmm. 5 that would make you want to have one? James, I'm curious, was there any game in there that you saw that went, yep, got to have one? Uh, not really. Nothing that made me want to, like, rush out and buy a PS5, like, midnight release. Um, some of the games that I thought looked cool, like Deathloop, I thought looked pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what the some of the other ones were called that uh, I thought looked pretty sweet. I'm just looking at them as you scroll through. A little devil inside, I thought looked interesting. Right. Uh, Resident Evil Village looks terrifying. I have I will not play that one. That'll <laughs> probably cause me to poo myself. Yeah, you and I cannot play uh, that together, some of the James. I thought was weird. Yeah, man. I'll be too. We be too scared. We too scared. Maybe Chuck can play. And then you and I can just hold each other. Yeah. And <laughs> it's the only there way we'll we get through it, I think. I mean, I, I would probably check out the Spider-Man game if, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I have still haven't played the Spider-Man game that was huge on PS4 that came with the system when I bought it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was the one that uh, I, I was I was pretty much like, OK, I don't need to play this. I don't need to play this. And then I saw the trailer for Spider-Man Miles Morales and I was like. Well, damn it. Now I know what I'm going to get the minute I have a PlayStation 5. Oh, while you guys were talking, I saw that on your screen, Chuck, and I knew immediately what your answer was going to be to that question. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because not only do you like also, the comics, but that uh, that Into the Spider-Verse uh, cartoon movie was a big favorite of yours. I thought it was great, yeah. but I know how much you loved it. And I'm saying, well, James, like, I'm also curious about that, but I still haven't played that other Spider-Man game. But I think it's up on the uh, PlayStation Now service, and I still have that, so I should probably play that Spider-Man game. It's worth seeing, and it's cool because this will be a sequel to that Spider-Man game. Like, you meet Miles in that game. Oh, okay. So this one will take over at the end of that game without trying to spoil, you know, almost anything that happens other than the fact that Miles is in it. But it's... 
something that Amy actually, I showed the trailer to her last night and she brought up in the Spider-Verse movie and in this uh, trailer is that they make sure that Miles moves and fights different than Peter Parker does. Okay. Really? Really paying attention to details there. Yeah, which is kind of an, an awesome attention to detail to, you know, make sure that each of the characters have their own style to them. I know in the Spider-Verse movie, they there was a thing on the DVD about how the, the animation frames were different depending on which character came from which uh, reality. Mm. But yeah, got to get me some Spider-Man Miles Morales. They're also putting Grand Theft Auto V on this because I guess it's the new Skyrim that they're just going to, you know... <laughs> GTA is going to be on everything GTA five, at least, or maybe they just don't think they need to make another GTA after five. Well, it's already the most profitable piece of media ever created. So why yeah. not just keep building that number up? You know, right. That way but people that's can, that's a straight cat game. That looks interesting. I thought too. Yeah. Sorry, Al. Oh, I was going to say that way they can, they can still get people playing the, the, uh, get the new, the new system and still play that game online. Cause I guess, I don't know. I have, I'm not into the online gaming as you guys know, but, uh, I know Grand Theft Auto is huge on there. That's the only thing I could come up with is the only reason that they continue to just re-release Grand Theft Auto five is because they can continue to use that online. Like maybe they've hit a point with the online that they, that Rockstar feels so comfortable. It's like, we can work on a sixth game, but we're we're kind of set exactly where we want to right. be with GTA Five, which is disappointing to me I mean, because I do like Grand Theft Auto and I really enjoyed Grand Theft Auto Five, the story mission, and there was a lot. It was a long, big game too, so I feel like I got more than my money's worth out of it. You know, where some games, I, I like a Call of Duty campaign, but they're like, all right, here's an hour of <laughs> gameplay, and then let's all focus on online. Whereas Grand right. Theft Auto gave you a full game and online, but I don't know if that's going to change if they do make a sixth one. You know what I mean? Because they made so much money off of the online. That's where it all comes from. It's not from buying the disc or download. It's the online stuff that they're cashing in on. And I also yeah. wouldn't be shocked if like uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 was more so like a big piece of downloadable content that would go along with 5. Mm, yeah. Like maybe they'll get to the point where they'll put 5 out for free, but if you want to play 6 download this update for 40 bucks or whatever and mm. then some of the stuff will be a little bit different yeah that makes a lot of sense they also showed that the uh, ps5 console is going to have two configurations it's going to have a digital edition which doesn't have a disk drive on it and then a you know regular edition and the digital will obviously probably be a hundred dollars cheaper much like the xbox one how do you guys feel about uh, like a digital version of the console where you can only download your games and then a disc drive one. I feel like the three of us are definitely in the camp of like, I want to have physical media. I know I do. If I, if I am going to get one, I'm getting one with the disc drive. I don't care. I'm too scared to go full digital. You never go with the full digital. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go full digital as well until it's forced on me. You know what I mean? Like I, I have bought digital games and I'm fine with it, I guess. I mean, like stuff like video games. I don't go back and play old, old games like you do, Chuck. So, the- well, that was accusatory. Well, yeah. <laughs> well no, but like you, <laughs> you love you're going back and playing old games, Chuck, those old, old games, you old, old game player. Right. Uh, you're always playing the old ones. Uh, the new games. What I mean is uh, Chuck loves a retro game like he will go through a resale video game store and go, I never played this on the PS2. I'm going to get it. Whereas I'm like, I don't the technology is not holding up. I I, I just can't do it. Um, So like to me, it's like "Ah, if they screw me and I lose my game with the next console, the PS6, whatever, I probably wasn't going to go back and play it anyway. So it doesn't bother me so much, I guess. But. But I, if I have the option, I want the God damn it. I've just full. I've got nothing to say. <laughs> <I've> got, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm saying nothing with a lot of words. Uh, I want the, the disc based version, even though I will probably digitally download games. There we go. Done. Yeah, I've been a little bit tempted with the Xbox one because it's the one system out of the next gen that I or the current generation that I don't have. And I've been a little tempted over the last year or two to get like that digital version that's a hundred dollars cheaper mm-hmm. but then i just like eh, if i if i don't if there's not enough games on it that i want physical games of it then i don't need it so i just don't get it well the other thing to consider too is the backwards compatibility feature if, you know if you don't have a disc you don't have a, if you can't put a disc in there how can you play the old games yeah 
Yeah, that was, totally, that was something to be purpose I, of backwards compatibility. Yeah. Yeah. That was something I thought of too when I saw the the Spider-Man game. Is like, man, I hope this is on the PS4 and the PS5, but I'm pretty sure if they're smart, they're just going to stick it on the new system because that way the only way to get it is to get the new system. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they have expectations of it being as huge as the the Spider-Man game for the PS4. They're going to want to use that as the little lure. That, ah, I'm going to get you. Oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Got him. Yeah. It's like they're fishing. Well, a Forbes article, somebody revealed that somebody over in Europe saw a page on Amazon for the PS5 that may have revealed the price point and the release date. Uh-oh. Uh, the, date, the date that they had on the Amazon page was November 20th of this year. So it'd be like right before Black Friday. It sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. And the PlayStation 5 in Europe would be f- about 500 bucks. And the, di- the digital would be 400 bucks. Actually, that's right on par with uh, like the four. The four was four. I can't, remember what I, I can't remember what I played, paid for my four, but I'm sure it wasn't like 500 bucks. No, I mean, I didn't pl- pay full price, but I, I want to say it was around $400 brand new. Yeah, that makes sense. I think so. So it's kind of on par. And uh, how many years ago did the four come out? Um, so adjust for inflation. This It's about on par with, with the PS4. I like a quick little inflation calculation. He's like, okay, came out of this. this (laughs) Yeah, right on par. Thanks for giving me more credit than I have due, James. There's no way I could. uh, You're like a a gaming accountant. (laughs) Well, I hope their inflation calculator isn't just which version of the system is this. Let's add that many hundred dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you wonder. Yeah. Yeah, The Xbox One should have been real cheap then. Yeah, right. Hey, you know what? To the PlayStation 7 and be like, well, I got to take out a loan. I will say this. At least the new PS5 will be cheaper than a new iPhone. Oof, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, those iPhones are just ridiculous. I just got one earlier this year, and it it's, uh, it's pricey. Well, I saw this uh, article, and for a minute, because of the year we're living in, I almost believed it uh, because it wasn't on, you know, like one of those... It was on an actual news site, but uh, KFC unveiled a new console over the weekend as well to compete with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series this is X. Awesome. Have you this seen this? This is video? just a gag thing, right? Yes, uh, I have. I couldn't tell at it's first because the video is like uh, 4K streaming and 120 kilobytes of whatever. But the thing that's hilarious about it is it's just, you know, it looks like a very fancy KFC bucket and it's supposed to have a chicken warming department or, you know, compartment for your <laughs> I fried love it. chicken. I love it. The KF console. They call it. <laughs> Dramatic music. It's like there's a there's a disc part to it. True 4K, 120 frames per second, and 11 herbs and spices. It says 11, 12, 20. So I mean, I imagine they're going to do something in November. <laughs> I know it's curious because with KFC, you can never tell if they're being legit or if they're yeah pulling your chain. You yeah, know? they've got a great marketing uh, team right now. Remember the days when, like, any Budweiser commercial, you, you knew it was going to be of some sort of quality. It was going to be funny or it was heartfelt, and you could appreciate it. Well, KFC is just, they've got, they're, they're good. It's like Wendy's and their social media, whoever they put on social media was tearing into people. Yeah, so, I mean, if that's, you know, only $100, then maybe I'll get the the KF console instead. <laughs> yeah. It'll end up being a little keychain yeah, like the stupid uh, Genesis reboot. Well, what if the only game you can play on it is the KFC dating simulator? <laughs> yeah, the Colonel's only playing software, you know? <laughs> Somebody had tweeted asking if there were any console exclusives, and they said that was it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the only game you play is pin the goatee on the Colonel. Or you're like in the chicken, the kitchen, you gotta like cook chicken, like the overcooked game, you know? They, they oh, could come yeah. up with some KFC themed software for sure yeah. if they need any ideas call me yeah afc but every time you try you and put all the cooked? ingredients in there it, it like it glitches out so you don't reveal the ingredients <laughs> no i have not played yeah <laughs> that is funny uh <laughs> saving their propriety uh, <laughs> yeah. recipe. 
But uh, your question about Overcooked, Chuck, no, I have not played it. I just I hear about it through Weird Beard over at uh, Checkpoint XP. That's a game that he plays that he's a big fan of. Yeah, it's a fun like couch party game. Like I've played it with Amy before, and you can have up to four people. But it's uh, it's fun. It's crazy ridiculous you're four different chefs and you're running around the kitchen and you're like when me and amy play it's like okay you chop off the tomatoes and then i'll put the burgers on the grill and and then you know you're running into each other trying to get your orders ready it's fun i have to uh maybe download it and give it a whirl maybe on my switch see if i can yeah. get the, the fiance into playing it and then maybe uh we can go head to head in the kitchen or something with me and my fiance and uh you and your wife that would be fun and amy I, yeah. I haven't uh, I haven't talked to you since you posted on social media that you found yourself a switch or have you uh, what have you have yeah. you tried it out yet or is it like your PlayStation it's just sitting in a box? <laughs> Actually, I've I haven't connected it to the TV yet, but I have played it. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's become more of a handheld console than I imagined it would be. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd be playing it on the TV all the time, but now I'm just wrestling's on and I'm playing Tetris 99 or yep. you know, something's on TV and I'm playing uh, Super Mar- Super Mario World. But I haven't downloaded any like legitimate games, and I haven't bought any um, like cartridge games for it yet. Other other than just uh, signing up, ooh, it reminds me I have to pay for a subscription for my full year of that Nintendo Club or whatever, so that they don't uh, ding me every month. Yeah, and you can you can play all those Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. Yeah, I love being able to go back and play those games, even though it is it's weird playing those games like with the controls because. I have that muscle memory from the NES games using the you know the NES controller. Oh yeah. But now when yeah. I'm playing on the Switch, that memory, muscle memory's not there, man. It's 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 different. It's weird. Some of the games it doesn't feel like you start to realize how bad the controls were and we didn't recognize it because that was all we had. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even trying to run and but, do like, um, super jumps in the Super Mario World, I'm like, oh man, I I can't time my jumps right. I'm not accurate with where I'm landing. I'm getting smoked by little uh Koopa Troopas. I'm like, oh, hell. Good thing nobody is watching this because if Robbie Landis was watching that, he would be ridiculing me like you wouldn't believe. Hey, he happened. Oh, sure. he, he heard us the last time we talked trash. So he may, oh, yes, he heard he may be uh, here. You never know where Robbie is lurking. Big Robbie's listening. <laughs> Beyond the control thing, though, too, like you'll have on the same console, like a sequel to a game where they found out like, oh, if we tweak it like this, it's a little bit easier. Then you go back and play the first game and you can't because the controls are all yeah. off, you know? Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, how did I play this in the first place? Let alone go back 30 years or whatever. While we're talking about the Switch, uh, James, here's something you can download because it's free. I just saw this last Ooh. night. There's a game on the Switch called Jump Rope Challenge that was oh. uh, made by developers who are all working from home over the last couple of months. You control a little rabbit and uh, you you take the little sides off your switch and you use them as the sides of the jump rope and you uh, essentially make them jump rope as many times as you can. But I don't act to actually do the jump rope. Right? <laughs> I'm just moving my hand. Like I, yeah, I don't think you have to jump, but you do have to like move your move your hands like you you're holding the jump rope. See, this is, gives me an idea for an adult themed yeah, game. Yeah, called, like the jerk off challenge. Yeah, I can oh, see the video. You move your switch remote like that. And then the screen, you know, yeah. you might have another male companion pop on there. Then you got to move both hands like this. You got to take care of both the gentlemen. Yeah. And well, then the more gentlemen you take care of, the more cash you generate. Once again, James, a I brilliant don't... idea that already exists. They call it the shake weight. Yeah, but the shake weight, you're not playing, you know, you're not playing <laughs> for money. You're not, you're not able to buy new skins for your character. You're not able to, like, buy different, um, maybe lubrications to apply to these gentlemen callers. Well, to maybe... Get, like, a bigger bonus or a bigger tip. Well, Dude, maybe... We could come up with... Like the whorehouse switch game. First of all, we all know you want the biggest tip you can get. And second of all, maybe you're just doing the shake weight wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. But I didn't get any downloadable software with my shake weight. I don't believe that even Sony or uh, Microsoft will approve your um, your rub one out game. Oh, that's there you go. There's the title. Rub one out. That you're developing there. (laughs) Yeah. I'll find an uh, I'll find a nice little indie developer that's got the stones to do it. Right. No pun intended. Yeah, it's it's gonna have to exist on uh, on the computer on Steam perhaps, or maybe on that uh, that site that we were talking about last week that had all those itch, independent games. Itchy. Itchy.io. Itchy.io. Yeah. Which I uh, I made my donation. I just got to uh, install all that stuff onto my PC. I'm ready to play some of those games. Yeah, I was gonna stream some of them over the weekend last weekend, but I couldn't get my laptop to stream my screen 
much less the mm-hmm. game. So I'm going to have to go and play with the desktop computer that I've got that's like over a decade old because I'm sure it can run them because they're all just small independent games. Mm, that's what you think. Yeah, well. We'll see. I tried a couple of them out. Some of them were pretty great. Some of them were not so good. But I wanted to show you guys this because we talked a couple months ago about Marvel's Iron Man VR that's supposed to be on the PlayStation. Oh, okay. That is coming out extremely soon from what I can see here. But there's a trailer for it that shows a little bit of the gameplay that you can expect. And I wanted to show you guys this because you're the only people I know with PlayStation VR. You can see Iron Man is fighting a ghost from the second Ant-Man movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. I like how they make sure they have all the safety uh, parts. Yeah. The and everything <laughs> Nobody uses yeah, those. Got, Get out of here. No. They've got the straps on the uh, on the little the, the arm thing so you don't throw it through your television. Yeah. Yeah, which mine didn't even come with those, but I got mine secondhand, so... Mm. Oh, that's. Pro- I was going to say that's probably why, because I know mine yeah. came with them. And that 52 uh, Clubhouse games that I've got, it's got a whole bunch of games that were originally on the Wii, like bowling and darts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you oh, really? To, okay. You have to use the Joy-Con like with darts. You have to hold the trigger, and then you have to move like you're throwing it. But, you know, they tell you, put the strap on so you don't actually throw your controller at the television. <laughs> so here's my question. Don't about- tell me how to live my life. <laughs> My question about that game is, is that for the next PlayStation or the current PlayStation? That is for the PlayStation 4. For the 4? The Iron Man VR. Cool. I'm sure it'll be... give you a little uh, gameplay view, like, so you can see what you're seeing through the VR console. Right. Because that, you know, is just, like, a little video to to tease the game to show you who you might be fighting. But I want to see, like, what are you going to see in that VR helmet, you know? Because I will say this, and I think James will agree that uh, I noticed a couple of things. I think I've mentioned on the show before... First of all, I am thrilled with my PlayStation VR. I think it's very impressive where they're at with it. But the current level of VR, you either have a wonderful graphics, but you lack the ability to move. Uh, like right, that Batman yeah. game, you just basically sit there and point and go, well, let me move over there now. And it's like a, a swipe and then you're there. And if you can yeah. move, the graphics are lacking. So not to say that those graphics aren't still amazing and you're inside of a video game and it's ama- it's awesome. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not dogging it. It's impressive, it. but it could be improved upon. Right. So that's where I'm going like kind of like what James was like, mm, let's see the gameplay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. what does it look like? How much can you actually move? That's why I was asking, is it going to be in the next generation or not? According to a, a quick search, it's supposed to come out July 3rd. So it's only Ooh. a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Just in time for Independence Day, you can have all your fireworks and your VR. I might have checked it out. I'm just worried it's going to be like a puzzle game like that Batman game. Right. Like, I want right. to be able to, like, shoot some crap out of my Iron Man suit, you know, hit him with some of those hand blasts or whatever. Tony Stark calls them Zion cannons or whatever he's got. Or Right. Can I, uh, can I jump into the Hulkbuster and, like, arm wrestle the Hulk? You know? That would be super fun if there was a punch out the Hulk level. Yeah, that'd be super sweet. But if it's just like, Tony Stark, we need you. And then you show up at like the scene of the fight or whatever. And then you got to figure out, oh, we've determined it's ghost. It's definitely ghost. <laughs> yeah. And then it turns into a, a fight sequence that you just watch. Yeah. Like, I'm not interested in that. I want to fight ghost as Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit, you know? Yeah. Or let me put on the war machine suit. I still think it would be cool. Iron Patriot. Depending on how much it costs. I could see myself getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, if it's like way too expensive and a super short game, as you guys have experienced Mm -hmm. with the Batman game or Rick and Morty, I will say, too. And maybe this is part of the problem is uh, VR. I don't know. is relatively a new thing. It's a relatively new legitimate thing. Like VR has been around for a while, but it's been silly. Uh, But now it's like, Mm -hmm. wow, this is a really cool thing. And I don't know if you notice this, James, but like a lot of the games are cheaper than you would expect. And I wonder if it's because they're like, no, seriously, it's cool. You got to try it. And maybe if they start putting maybe they're not putting much into it yet. You know, making longer games, making stuff where you can move and it looks really good. I I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they're cheaper because the games are so short. Right. And also, um they don't know what the market is, you know, for it. There's not a, it's not in as much of a demand. So the few people that actually have bought the VR, yeah. they're not dishing out 60 bucks because they're not putting in 60 hours of gameplay. You pop the game in and maybe you get, you know, five to 10 hours. 
yeah. you know, maybe a little bit more if you go back in and you replay everything to try to get all the achievements. Um, but other than that, I think it's because the games are so much shorter. Mm-hmm. And they probably take a lot of time to put into to make, like, they probably put in the same amount of time they're putting into a regular game, but instead they're putting all of this time into a VR game and you're getting a game that's much shorter. Yeah. So they got to give you a, like a smaller price tag. Yeah. It is really cool though. And I, and, and I, it's a great gaming experience. So I'd love to see it expand. So, you know, if a game looks cool enough, I want to go ahead and spend the money on it to encourage them to keep working on this. And, you know, you're almost there. You really are. I feel like we had this discussion about maybe like a final fantasy or something like that, but do you guys prefer a shorter game that is so much fun? You're going to play it multiple times or a longer game that, you know, you feel like you got your money's worth. I for my attention span alone, I the shorter game. Yeah, I have so many unfinished games because it's just like, all right, how long is this going to take? For me, I would love a really long game that's really fun every second of gameplay. But um, I would probably play a shorter game that's a lot of fun. But I, I'm not a big replay guy. Like I don't go back and replay stuff. Uh, you know, once I play through it, that's it. Like Streets of Rage, if I ever play through that, I'm not going through and playing it with every character. I'm like, there's achievements for every single character that you can play through the game as. I'm like, I'm not playing through it as Axel and uh, the, I don't know the other characters' names. All I know is Axel, <laughs> but Axel and Blaze, you know, right. um, you know, I'm, I'm not, and I'm probably not going to play it as Blaze because she's way too sexy of a character. And I don't need to play a video game with a boner the whole time. <laughs> It's the only way I play video games. Well, we we know that. Al. <laughs> yeah, no, if the game doesn't give Al a boner. Then, as as we yeah. discovered last last week, he won't even sit up for some games. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. If his boner ain't getting up, he ain't sitting up. That's right. I'm really he needs digital fight. Viagra. I'm really gonna fight to not use that as the title this week. <laughs> Just don't put my name on it. <laughs> no, I figured because you know you love Realm Royale and you love the the Call of Duty game that I figured you would probably be in the camp of like. Yeah, if it's a game I love so much that I want to play it over and over and over again, I'd rather have that than some 60-hour epic. True, yeah. I mean, well, that's that's my thing about Realm Royale. The game is so much fun to play. Um, I don't care. Like, it, it's so disposable. So if I lose, who gives a crap, you know? It doesn't matter because I got another game starting out. But I feel yeah. like those like a, those types of games are different than, uh, like, a, it's, I don't know, they're just way more disposable. So I don't really look at those as... Right. Uh, uh, like a short fun game that you would play over and over again. I just look at that as like we're going to war, and I got a battle. I don't know. It's I don't know how to explain it. It's it's just I, I could put them in a different category, like a battle royale compared to like an actual game game. It, yeah, you know it's always games. weird. To, it's weird to me when people complain about like I paid sixty dollars for this game and it was only a hundred hours long. And like that sounds like way too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred hours. You know, I. That's, I don't think I put in 100 hours into any game other than Fallout 3, and that was probably, what, nine years ago, eight years ago? Yeah, yeah, like a game, it can be like two hours long, but if it's so much fun that I can see myself playing through it, like you were saying about Streets of Rage, there's a Transformers game, the last one that came out, that uh, you there's achievements for playing through it as all five Autobots, and I'm like, that game's so much fun, sure, I, I'll go through it as Grimlock, and then I'll go through it as Wheeljack, and I'll go through it as Optimus, for hell for sure oh that's cool well even like that x-men game um i mean that game yeah i think you said it was pretty short but you probably played through it with a, a few different characters or is it the Which marvel one? alliance ultimate alliance oh, the ultimate alliance oh yeah 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 i think you sure. said that was, that was really short or whatever yeah yeah I, it, it is kind of short it's it, it's it's weird the way the the like it's designed for you to play through it multiple times almost arcade like to try out all the characters and level everybody up mm-hmm. and play it on harder difficulties i will say also as somebody who does kind of like a shorter game that i can get through and then have the option to go play it again um there is such a thing as a game that's too short i think and we kind of mentioned it earlier with games like a call of duty that their main focus is online and they just sort of give you something to play through as well sometimes those playthroughs you can sit down and get play all the way through a call of duty game in one sitting if you really wanted to you know it's like I I don't want it to be that short, you know, but whatever. But again, that their focus is online, and that's just not my. Uh, that's just not how I like playing games. Well, we're gonna take a short break and come back. If you're a big Simpsons fan, there is a Simpsons video game over on itch.io that I wanted to tell Ooh. you guys. Also, um, there's a chance that uh, Valorant, a game that I'm 
very not impressed with as of last week <laughs> is losing a whole bunch of popularity over on Twitch. Oh, no. And yeah, it, it is for sure. I bought the PS Vita 4 hit Steam this weekend. <laughs> and I can't <laughs> tell you guys about it. All right. This is Nerd Radio. I want nothing. <laughs> I want absolutely nothing. There's no prize to win here. We're all losers. All right, we're back with more Nerd Radio on the podcast page over at WRAF.com, also in Boston. Rock929rocks.com. And you can find uh, Mr. James, who's part of this show, on Checkpoint XP. Yes, you can get all that information over at CheckpointXP.com. And I want to announce we will be airing on 101 WRIF HD2 starting Saturday evening, which is June 20th, I believe at 6 p.m. Oh, the the, her, the home of Nerd Radio and Checkpoint XP in Detroit. Yeah. Rift 2. Yeah. We're, we're, we're bros now. I was, I was about to say, see, they're following greatness because we started <laughs> to run VHD2 station, and they're like, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let, let me get a sip of that Kool-Aid. Right, for sure. It's very watered down. I can tell you that. Well, it doesn't shock me knowing our company that it's very watered down. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of years ago, I picked up a PlayStation Vita, and I believe, Al, you got a PlayStation Vita around the same time. Yeah. Um, not for the same reasons, though. No, mine uh, was my uh, roommate at the time had one, and I was like, oh, how do you like it, man? I was thinking about buying one. He was like, take that one. <laughs> yeah. We both got our, we both got PlayStation Vita's used well after like it was done. Like all the best games for it had come out. They weren't really putting a whole bunch of new games out for it anymore. Yep. Um, but I picked it up because it was my first foray into the Persona series. I've told you guys about Persona 5 on the PlayStation mm-hmm. 4. Well, the Persona 4 game, which was originally on the PlayStation 2, was re-released on the Vita with a new character and a bunch of new content and called Persona 4 Golden. And that game has made its way to Steam as of last weekend, so you can now play it on the PC. Hmm. Is that uh, cool. is that something you're more interested in on the on the PC? I don't think so. Now, granted, I could play it on my laptop, which is also portable. Yeah. But I think part of the joy of playing it was that it was portable. It was a PlayStation 2 uh, Japanese RPG, so there was a lot of kind of level grinding like you get in a Final Fantasy yeah. game, and you know it, it did have quite a bit of hours to it, so the fact that I could play it anywhere and everywhere on yeah. the Vita was absolutely cool. Yeah. And you but always you always had your Vita with you until you got your Switch. Uh, to be honest, there were there was a period of time where I always had both of them on. Me. <laughs> That's a reveal. I didn't know that you did, you stopped showing off your Vita when you got a switch. Yeah, well, no, I was all I had. I had a new new toy to play with, a shiny new toy mm-hmm. that I was I was like, oh, I'll, I'll keep the Vita if I run the battery on my switch out. Ah, I there still you go. Stuff on there to play. Yep. And you've always got a phone game as well. That's true. Very true. But yeah, Persona 4 is the Persona game that got me into the series. Um, so I really enjoyed the characters in it. Uh, that particular one, the Persona games, at least these two, I think the third one operates the same way. Your main character goes to high school. So during the day, you're taking classes and you're hanging out with your friends. And then at night, uh, there's always an extraterrestrial world to go and explore with your friends and do RPG stuff and summon monsters. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of Persona 5 is really, really fun. But Persona 4 is the persona that got me into the series. Mm-hmm. So for anyone that hasn't experienced it yet, the fact that they can uh, download it on their PC for about 20 bucks now is awesome. Cool. Also, story that's over on our website, WRAF.com, that I saw a couple of days before. Have you guys seen this video of uh, Danny Trejo playing Animal Crossing? <laughs> I saw it on no, the website, I've only heard right? that he plays it, but I haven't seen any videos of him actually uh, playing. Yeah, there's a, a guy that uh, does kind of an Animal Crossing uh, talk show that did a video with Danny Trejo of just kind of walking around his island and seeing what he what he enjoys about playing Animal Crossing. He's got a muscle beach where he put a bunch of workout equipment. <laughs> and it's it's really funny to see this guy who, once again, he has a history of being a really tough, badass dude. Yeah, like that's yeah. all the characters he plays is like a is a is a like a cartel guy or you know like Well I think he used to sell drugs. He used to be a drug dealer, I think. I'm I pretty think he got sure into he's some trouble. Prison time. Yeah, and then he got into acting somehow. He got into a movie and got, and got into acting and got out of that life. Yep. And now he really uh, enjoys catching bugs in Animal Crossing. 
there's like three or four times where he has to empty his pockets because his pockets are just full of butterflies. <laughs> so he can pick something up on the island. So I, I got the question, as not an Animal Crossing player, but I now have a Switch, and so I have that ability to possibly play the game. What else is there to do besides, like, you try to sell fruit according to whatever the fruit stock market says, and you decorate a house? Like It's... Okay, so this is essentially, and and anybody listening uh, to Nerd Radio can hit us up on social media and let me know if I'm missing something. But to the best of my recollection, this is the second Animal Crossing game I played, and they work essentially like this. You move into a place, and uh, Tom Nook rents you a house, and you have to figure out ways. Yeah, the raccoon. You have to figure out ways to make money, which is bells in-game, in order to pay off your loan. Once you pay off your loan, he will add rooms to your house for more money. So it's like one of those, like uh, remortgaging the house, like refinancing for a home improvement type of loan. Exactly. Okay. And, and what you're essentially doing is you're finding ways to make money by selling, um, you know, selling stuff you find around the island or using stuff you have on the island to make stuff that you can sell so that you can make more money to pay off your loan. And then at the same time, buying furniture at the store on the island to furnish your home and make it look the way you want to. For instance, I've got a room in the upstairs of my house that's all music equipment. Okay, you got a little studio up there. Exactly. In this particular game, you can also manipulate the island, like there's rivers, and you can eventually move that around to make the island exactly the way you want it. You can move where your villagers are placed. Like I moved all my favorite villagers into a neighborhood next to my house. Okay. Once you get to the end game... There's not a lot to do other than wait for each season to, to uh, come by, like fall and winter and whatever, because the fish and the bugs change depending on the seasons. And when, uh, okay. you, when you first catch a fish or a bug or you get some dinosaur bones, you can take them to the museum that you have on your island. And the first one they'll display at the museum. And then everyone after that, you can just sell. OK, but that's you, a, you think of dinosaur bones. OK. Yeah, but that's essentially the end game of the game is just trying to fill out your museum or, you know, find all the all the different, you know, guitars that I can have for my island. Or if you're into your little arcade games that you can put in your room or desks or lamps, it, it feels so like the end essentially game is the giant game of busy work. <laughs> yeah. okay. Absolutely. Now, on the plus side. Because the busy work is a bunch of very small and achievable tasks to do, you feel like you're accomplishing something in very short amounts of time, which is really cool. But I feel like the fact that I can go onto other people's islands, like we've talked about before, when you buy turnips on Sunday and then you wait for the price to go higher than what you paid, the fact that I can go to somebody else's island when they get a price that's 10 times what mine is brings the end game on that much faster. Ah, uh, Okay. Because I'm already at a point now where I've, I have every room I can have on my house. I've moved all my favorite villagers next to my house. I've got a wrestling ring out in the backyard, and like nice. I don't know what else to do. I just like I feel like I'm almost done with Animal Crossing. Because other than playing with a friend and visiting their island or letting them visit mine, I don't know what else there is to do. Sure, I got you. Yeah, I just didn't understand like where the replay value is in it, um, and it doesn't sound like once you've built the house and you have all the cool things that you want in there there's not a ton of replay stuff unless you want to check out the seasons changing and the different animals and stuff yeah they try and do something for every different um for they try and every month have some kind of event some kind of holiday that they can celebrate with some kind of thing you can do uh but yeah it, it feels like much like in the in the first one on the GameCube, the the big attraction was that you could get Nintendos in Nintendo Entertainment Systems for your house. Mm-hmm. And each one of them had an emulated Nintendo game on it. Oh, that's cool. So that was cool. But I also have a Nintendo emulator on my Switch, so I don't need that in Animal Crossing. I can just boot yeah. it up, play it there. <laughs> just but yeah, watching Danny hearing Trejo, Danny Trejo in the Crossing background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's cool too because he made his guy look like him. He's got a little mustache on him. He's got like a. A sleeveless T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I saw this on CBR.com, and I wanted to run this by you, James, to see if you guys or the you or the Checkpoint XP guys have heard this at all. But Riot Games Valorant, which we talked about last week, I'm not a fan of. Apparently, has seen a huge decline in viewership on Twitch. Yes, it absolutely it has. But there's a, a couple of reasons for that. So when Valorant came out in beta, if you wanted to play the beta. 
you had to register with uh, the Riot Games, and then you had to go watch somebody streaming Valorant to get an invite to play the beta. So this caused people to go crazy and start watching it on Twitch. Um, they had people with bots watching it on Twitch to try to get those invites. And then people, once they got an invite, they were also trying to get invites to sell to other people that wanted to get in and play the game. Because right now, everybody's thinking Valorant's going to be the next big like a game in the esports. Um, right. you got a lot of professional players leaving the games that they're playing right now, like Overwatch and CSGO, to come on and try to be on the ground floor of Valorant. So they're one of the first ones in to start making all that cash. But uh, So that's why you're seeing a lot of that. Now that the game is actually out, there's no incentive for a lot of people to just keep watching the game because everybody who's going to play it is able to play it. And a lot of people who have played it don't like it and they've gone away from it. And so those that have played it and do like it are still playing it. That was what I'd seen in the article is that they had kind of artificially pumped their numbers by giving away beta keys in Twitch streams, which is clever marketing. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's a good I, way I, to get people talking about it. Get people a good way to get people to get eyes on your game uh, by doing that. So if it's the only way to get into the beta, knowing that um, you know this is going to possibly be the next big esport uh, game, and you want people to watch it, you got to make them watch it to get the beta. I know I had my computer on. I turned the screensaver, the power save function off, all that stuff. I'd find somebody streaming it. And I would just go, I'd watch their, uh, their stream for a little bit, and then I would go do real-life stuff. And then eventually, I got a beta invite. Oh, so you didn't even have to actively be watching to get that beta invite. They would just pick somebody in the stream and then email them? Like, the, the whatever al- algorithm they had going on, like, I didn't have to physically be right here to claim it. But as long as my account was watching, I could go leave and do whatever I wanted to do. And then eventually... They they ding in. They give you that invite. Interesting. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting also to see. I mean, they had to know that that was going to happen. So it'll be interesting to see what the next phase of their marketing is to level off the amount of people who are not watching Valorant on Twitch. Yeah, and I think it's just it, like I don't think Valorant's going anywhere. Uh, the popularity that it has, I think even we talked a little bit about it on Checkpoint XP. Um, like it's still like the seventh most watched game on Twitch. So, you know, there's a lot of games out there and the numbers that they're pulling, they're still pulling big numbers compared to, you know, what's out there and other games that are being played. But uh, it's like it's not going anywhere. It might not be as popular. It might be a kind of uh, losing some steam out of the gates. But that's because they were really pumping up those numbers by making people watch the game on Twitch uh, in order to get that beta invite. Al, I know you're a big Simpsons fan. Do you remember the episode of the Simpsons, where Bart Simpson was hoping for the game Bone Storm, yes, and instead got Lee Carvello's yes. putting challenge. Yeah, I do. Well, thanks to a user on itch.io, you can now play <laughs> Lee Carvello's putting challenge. <laughs> oh, that's, funny. that's amazing! Yep, uh, can you guys see my screen here? Yep. Yeah, it looks like it's loading up. Yep. I just uh, I. I saw this a couple of days ago, and I was like, "This is hilarious." That's so see funny. If the game will load up so you guys can see it, but it is—it's uh, a very short. You know, you make a couple of decisions, and then make a putt, and then he asks you if you want to play again. And uh, it's—if you—if you're a fan of The Simpsons, and you <laughs> feels like I—I I saw in an article that was season seven. Was it seven? Yeah, season. Seven, you have selected 11, Power 11. Drive. <laughs> that feels like a lifetime ago Mm. well considering that there's like 30 30 seasons that is a lifetime ago that was 27 23 years ago come on there we go there we go (laughs) it even sounds like a bad old welcome to lee carvello's putting challenge i am carvello now choose a club I'm going to choose two options. I'm going to choose the three wood. You have chosen a three wood. May I suggest a putter? <laughs> yeah, sure. You have chosen a putter. Now enter the force of your swing. I suggest feathered touch. <laughs> power drive. You have entered power drive. Now push seven, seven, eight, two swing. Would you like to play Again, and that's the whole game. <laughs> do, yes, please do. Yes, do the wood, the three wood, and power drive. Welcome that's to the power drive. That's exactly the bit I from the Simpsons. Carvello. Now choose a club. Three wood. <laughs> you have chosen a 
Three wood. May I suggest a putter? No. No, you Three may not. Wood. Now enter the force of your swing. Power drive. I suggest feather touch. Feather touch. <laughs> Give me a power drive. You have entered power drive. Now push seven, eight, seven to swing. Whoa. Whoa! That's exactly the bit from the show. Ball is in. Parking lot. Would you like to play again? That's amazing. You have selected so you no. <laughs> it's at uh, Aaron-Demeter.itch.io. If you do a Google search for Lee Carvello's putting challenge right now, you will find it. It's the top search uh, thing, but how fun. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I love it. Good, clean, free fun right there. I, started to get excited. I was thinking maybe they turned like the putting episode into like a, a game. Into its own game. I even, yeah, I don't remember. Like when uh, Bart would took on one of the, whatchamacallit, Flanders kids. In, oh, uh, yeah. Putt, putt. And then at the end, they're like, forget it. Let's just be friends. We don't want to finish this match. I thought maybe they'd have like putt, putt when I saw the uh, the thing pop up on your screen. I don't even remember this, that Lee Carvello's episode when I'm like, I got a book on like the first 13 seasons of the Simpsons that I have had memorized from yeah. cover to cover. He's uh, that's the one yeah, where he shoplifts the other game and then gets banned from the store. Yeah. He wants bone storm. <laughs> Might be getting that one confused with, didn't he get a tattoo? Is that a Christmas episode? That's a, I that's I got the, all that's my the... Simpsons episodes. I've smoked so much marijuana. I'm off every single <laughs> episode. It's turned into one giant glob in my brain. Oh, Hey, uh, you know, Chuck said it was season seven. Go through Disney plus and give it a watch. Yeah. I think I'm yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right well we got a couple more things to cover before we finish off nerd radio for this week 30 rock is coming back we'll cool. talk about that coming up next and a uh very influential comic book writer and editor passed away uh between this week and last week's nerd radio and things not good at the wwe development center oh, that's no. all coming up next power drive this is don gibb ogre dr death Jackson, and you're listening to Nerd Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Radio, wherever you get your podcast as part of the B-Pod Studios Network, and of course, all of your social media at Nerd Radio 101. I always forget to let you guys know, too, there is a Nerd Radio unofficial fan page on uh, Facebook that uh, my co-host of some of my other podcasts I do, Mr. Shawnee Constant, started up for Nerd Radio fans. If you guys just want to share memes or stories that uh, you think we, you'd like to hear us talk about, you can always... Uh, I'm always checking that out to see what's going on. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Al Beck and James, and uh, we're talking about a whole bunch of stuff. We were just talking about some video games, and now, well, it's time to talk about some wrestling. I know, James, we talked about NXT's In Your House last week, and then uh, this past weekend, we had Backlash, a match they were touting as the greatest wrestling match of all time. Did you happen to take in any of this? Oh, I did. I watched the entire thing, and I, I felt like the uh, the Edge match was kind of boring. Like, it was, it seemed way too long, much longer than what it needed to be. Um, uh, was it a good match? Sure, it was a good match. Uh, but also, it was too long, and I think by them touting it as the greatest wrestling match ever, it puts a lot of pressure on those guys to try to do stuff. And I feel like when you call the match that, there's no way you'll ever be able to live up to that hype. It's weird because they marketed it as the greatest wrestling match ever. And I look at Edge and Randy Orton and go like, neither one of those names are ever going to be in a match I consider the greatest wrestling match ever. Yeah, because to me, but Edge it, is still the Vampire Gangrel's brood, okay? I know he's a legendary <laughs> wrestler. But to me, he's just a has-been vampire. That's it. Oh, no, not a has-been vampire. He's a has-been vampire. <laughs> But I wish they would have, I don't know, instead of marketing it the way they did, I wish they would have just been more transparent about what they were going to do when that match happened. And I'm surprised it's taken them this long because over the years we've had WrestleManias where we know the crowd is booing Roman Reigns out of the building and they've artificially pumped in cheers to try and counteract that. And it oh, wasn't you're until up the fake noise. <laughs> it wasn't until just before the match that they had one of the commentators say that the audio had been uh sweetened i guess or that there were going to be different camera angles and yeah and then they started they had howard fink who died announce them i didn't catch that at all i didn't keep i didn't catch them let you know that they're sweetened up the audio 
And then I wouldn't even recognize Howard Fink, uh, Fink's voice unless somebody was like, Howard Fink. So Yeah, Howard or Howard Finkel is his name. I got that Finkel. wrong. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, he he died a couple of months ago and they took audio of him announcing Randy Orton and Edge from previous events and played it for them. So it felt like an old school, you know, like a wrestling match from 10 years ago, at least they had the ref uh, dressed up in like the classic eighties ref outfit. And then they, wow, I didn't catch a lot of these details. Yeah. And then they pumped in all that crowd audio. When we've been watching for the last two hours, we know that there's two dozen people in the performance center, you know, uh, people there training there that are in the crowd and we know what that crowd sounds like. And then all of a sudden you have crowd audio that sounds like they're in an arena. Yeah, that was wild. My, even my fiance was like, are they playing like crowd noise? And I'm like, oh, yes, I believe they are. I applaud them for letting us know ahead of time that they were going to do that. And I'm surprised it's taken them this long to just do it because it does add something to the experience having having that crowd noise. But at the same time, mm-hmm. having it happen two hours into a pay-per-view where I'm used to one crowd noise and now I can tell that this is fake crowd noise was just yeah. so weird. And I know they like they pre-taped that match because I think they had to do reshoots. And then I think Edge actually got injured do- doing a reshoot of the match. Oh, no. Yeah, um, he, yeah. He tore his bicep. So I wonder if they needed that crowd noise in there to kind of smooth over some edits, maybe. Because I know you can, in like, when editing video, you can usually hide some of your stuff by right. having a background music uh, in the back. Well, they've been recording stuff at the Performance Center. Uh, the last couple of months, they've been re- recording like two shows at a time. So it's the way Monday Night Raw used to be uh, way back in the day where they would record two shows. So like one Monday it would be live, but then the next Monday would have been recorded the previous Monday. And a report came out yesterday that one of the developmental talent who were part of the crowd that was on site last Tuesday when they recorded shows has tested positive for COVID-19. Oof. Shame, shame. You got to wear your mask and practice social distancing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks to see how things change. We had just kind of gotten to a point where they had started putting people in the crowd. Like I said, these developmental wrestlers and they'd put up the, the hockey glass to keep the wrestlers from the crowd. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they're going to have to change things again. I still say AEW is crushing it as far as this part of the show is concerned. In terms of like uh, interacting with crowds and that type of stuff? Yeah, like they've got in the they've got kind of an arena setting already. And they started with having a half a dozen wrestlers, like a good guy's and a bad guy's side of the ring with the crowd and social distancing those wrestlers. And now over the last couple of weeks, they've let fans in and put them in the seats that are way farther back from everybody. Oh, I didn't realize they have uh, some fans in there now. I haven't watched AEW since the, their pay-per-view a couple weeks ago. And they announced that... because I was just purely bored and they had $50 to spare, so we, we paid for it. They did a show, the, the next show, Fighter Fest, was actually done at a gaming convention because quite a few of the AEW guys are big gamers. And uh, this year, because the gaming convention isn't going on, they're just going to air it over two weeks on the the Wednesday show. But they're still doing Fighter Fest, which would be, you know, a pay-per-view for them. So, yeah, bad news over at uh, the WWE as far as the developmental talent. We'll have to see if suddenly the crowds disappear in the next couple of tapings. And they haven't uh, said who the developmental talent is, right? They're keeping this, this person anonymous. Yeah, yeah. They haven't said exactly who it was that tested positive. But some good news that I saw on Twitter last night is that 30 Rock is coming back to NBC for a hour-long reunion special, much like they did with um, Parks and Rec Parks and Rec about a month ago. Were either of you guys big fans of 30 Rock? I was. When it was on TV? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a really, really well-done show. Very funny. Oh, yeah, Tina me Fey too. is uh, so good at writing comedy, man. Oh, she's amazing, and, and so many great performances in that show, too. I was never really much of a fan of Alec Baldwin, and this show turned me mm-hmm. around on him. Because he's so good on that show. Yeah, he had really great comedic timing. Yeah. I think this is and great. And, and you know what? And it's going to be another one of those things where it's like filmed remotely and all that stuff. And did you guys watch the Parks and Rec reunion? Yeah, I, did. I did. Yeah. I, I don't know if you agree or not, but I mean, if that was like just a Parks and Rec reunion, it w- wouldn't have been great. But for what it was, the fact that all these people were in their homes doing it over Zoom or whatever they did a great job, I thought. And I liked, you know, they had to, like, 
explain why certain characters weren't in the same room like adam scott and amy poehler are supposed to be married aubrey plaza and uh, chris pratt are supposed to be married and they're not in the same room together so they had to like come up with reasons why they weren't you know but i thought they did a good job and uh, i'm definitely looking forward to this 30 rock one yeah it'll be really cool to see tina fey and tracy morgan and uh alec baldwin all together again and uh playing those characters yeah wonder if uh, there's gonna so be any uh, walmart jokes from tracy oh that's that's a oh. good point <laughs> i bet you there will be plenty of walmart jokes yeah. unless he's dying something that says he can't after he got that big payday true that's that's true <laughs> Yeah, it's coming up uh, July 16th. It's going to be on NBC at uh, 8 p.m. And it's it's called the Upfront Reunion Special. So the, the plot is actually they're going to be touting the upcoming NBC programming for next season. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that'll be kind of fun to uh, to see them go about doing. Al, are you I saw over the weekend you said something about you were watching Star Trek Voyager. Mm-hmm, yeah. Are you aware of... Um, there was, a, I think it was a later season of Voyager, and I don't know if you've watched Voyager before, but there's a later season where there were episodes that were supposed to be called The Year of Hell. No, I'm not familiar with that. Well, I found this a couple of weeks ago, and, and because it's a Star Trek story, I kind of earmarked it for like, man, I got to ask Al about this. It was over on Gizmodo. Um, Brian Fuller, who uh, was running the show at the time, was one of the writers and eventually went on to do the Hannibal show over at NBC, uh, said that there was a uh, two-parter. Uh, that they they called the year of hell in the fourth season that they actually wanted to do the entire season this way it was supposed to be an entire season where the crew got its ass kicked every episode through the season and it just got worse and worse and worse with like some time travel stuff huh but they uh the the network ended up telling them they're like you can do this for two episodes but you can't make the entire season this thing of course i feel like it would it might become a little bit too much if they had done the whole season but I also kind of wish they'd let him do it and see how it came out. For sure. Like, you know, maybe it'd suck. Maybe it'd be cool. Yeah, It's like, I, I'm not confident that it would have came out well, but I wish I could tell you for sure. I wish I could see it. Did you guys see the new Star Wars game coming out? I saw there was one. I didn't see any details. Yeah, it's called Star I, uh, Wars. I've read about it, but I haven't seen the trailer for it yet. Yeah, it's called Star Wars Squadron. It's supposed to come out October the 2nd uh, with crossplay over the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. And it's supposed to focus on space combat. Okay. Yeah, we're going to pilot the Millennium Falcon. Can yeah. We, maybe. Let me see if I can boot up the trailer here. We can see if there's any gameplay in it. This is not gameplay. That looks like some gameplay. Looks like Star Wars Battlefront put in space. Yeah, well, even Battlefront 2 had a couple of those missions where you could uh, fly the spacecraft. Actually, I think both of the Battlefronts, the more uh, current ones, you could play, you could fly some of the ships. Because I think I remember taking down an AT-AT on one of them with a snowspeeder. You guys played Battlefront 2, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I did, yeah. Because that just just came up on, like, the PlayStation uh, Plus as free. And yeah. I downloaded it, but I haven't tried it yet. And I was wondering, I, I had read that Battlefront 2 was one that wasn't quite as popular because there was a lot of microtransactions involved, but I haven't talked to anybody who actually played it. I played it. I thought it was fun, but like the microtransactions don't really bother me because I don't really dump a bunch of money into buying stupid uh, loot boxes or like random generated, you know, equipment and things. So yeah. to me, yeah. like the game was fun. But what's the, the problem I have with most of the uh, the Battlefront games is you can just pick somebody off at the laser gun, like from halfway across the map. You know, there's a lot of random just pew, pew, pew shots across the map that oh, end up okay. taking you out. And you're like, oh, well, that's no fun. Yeah. It's like my, my original Call of Duty experience where people were shooting me through fog and I didn't know how or why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, then I'm not looking forward to that. Maybe I'll just... uh try it out and then get rid of it like i did with valorant <laughs> I, I definitely think it's worth a worth of a, a player to chuck uh, yeah you know i think you should check it out we were kind of excited for wonder woman 1984 the first one was really fun and it was supposed to come out on august 14th news came out that it is actually going to be in october this year they're pushing that back which is not surprising yeah that makes sense there's not a you know a lot of theaters that are open right now i know they're going to push back my new mutants movie i just know it <laughs> you're never going to see this movie chuck I'm never going to see this movie. I, I, I think I said last week when they released the Bill and Ted trailer, like that's the first thing I'm going to see in the theater. I know it. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but d- the way this thing's going for you, when you finally get into a theater to watch New Mutants, the projector is going to break down as it starts. It absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, he's got the New Mutant curse. <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys the story about uh, Four Rooms? No. First of all, are you familiar with the movie Four Rooms? No. No clue. Okay. It, it was a movie that came out uh, around the time of Pulp Fiction, like after Pulp Fiction. It was the next thing that Quentin Tarantino worked on. And it was an anthology movie where Quentin Tarantino did a part of it. Uh, Robert Rodriguez did a part of it. And a couple other editors or directors did, did like, you know, it's like an anthology movie. And the very last, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's really, really fun. It takes place in a hotel on New Year's Eve and you follow this bellhop who's the only person working at the hotel at the time throughout all the things that happened to him during this New Year's Eve, all the different parties that are going on at the hotel. And the very last one is the one Quentin Tarantino directs. And he calls the bellhop up with room service and all this stuff because he makes a bet with one of his friends that involves a whole bunch of items. And one of the items that he picks up is a butcher's knife as sharp as the devil himself. Okay. And the minute Quentin Tarantino delivered that line... The film warped when we went and saw it, <laughs> and they and they had wow. to like they had to take five minutes to put the 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 reel back together so we could watch the end of the movie. But it was amazing when it happened because it happened dead on that line, and we all cackled because we thought I said the devil, and then the film warped. This is great, and I was like, oh wait, no, that that's real. <laughs> the devil is with us. So the, my point is that I do have a history of that kind of stuff happening. So I think you're right on par. I, th- I think when I do finally see New Mutants, it's going to get like into the opening credits and then the film, the projector is just going to die. Well, something to look forward to. I'll, I'll be, I'll be real. <laughs> More <Be> disappointments. Real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we leave, I wanted to uh, take a moment to let you guys know that a legendary comic book writer and editor, Mr. Uh, Dennis Denny O'Neill, passed away in the last week. He was 81. Hmm. He worked at Marvel Comics for a while, but most of his work was over at DC. He wrote and edited Batman for decades through the 80s and the 90s. Um, He worked on the Green Arrow and Green Lantern comics back in the uh, 60s and 70s, where uh, they tackled a lot of social issues like racism and uh, drug use. There's that famously that issue where Green Arrow's um, his ward Speedy is doing heroin. He is credited with creating Rachel Ghoul. Oh, okay. And uh, he actually started writing Batman around the time the Adam West TV series was wrapping up. So they took uh, he he's responsible. Him and uh, Neil Adams, the artist, are responsible for taking the book into a darker, more supernatural direction into the seventies. Wow! After that, he also worked on Iron Man and created Obadiah Stane, which was Jeff Bridges in the first Iron Man movie. Sure, yeah. So he uh, his his contributions will live with us for decades and decades to come as long as comic books continue to exist but you his uh so his at least at least there. three more weeks at least three more weeks at least <laughs> and while we're talking about comics i wanted to show you guys this if you can uh, still see my screen over yep. there a blog that i ran across over the weekend showed that in florida of course because florida they attempted a small pop culture like toy convention over the weekend nice and the uh, pictures are terrifying. Oh, no. Because there are people, just half the people are wandering around without masks. And I don't, look at this picture right here. This is from this past weekend. Oh, no. We're still on the, the comic writer who passed away. Okay. Let me see if I can. I see it on my screen there. So let's see if you guys can see it. But people are just shoulder to shoulder, like any other convention, buying toys. <sighs> it's no good. It's terrifying. It's no it's good. Terrifying. I, even if we do get a local convention this year, I, I don't think you could pay me to go. I'm still of, the, of that mindset. I'm not, wow. I don't want to be in big crowds like that. No. Not yet. No. One day. Not so yeah. soon. Get ready for the second wave, boys. Oh, boy. I think I even think when we get, China's already got it. Even when we get to the uh, Checkpoint XP studios, we're going to be very happy that we're all like six feet away from each other. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we do have some distance between us. I think for James and I, it doesn't matter because we sit close enough together <laughs> during the show. Yeah, we already sit ass to ass during our day job. So. <laughs> right. Uh, That's what I keep telling myself about uh, our day jobs, too, is that, like, 
if somebody had had it in the building by now, we'd all be sick. So yeah. we must be doing all right. Yeah. We I, must be doing yeah. our due diligence. And if I've got it, I, I talk into the same microphone that you do. So, you know, we're all screwed. Yep. Well, we hope you're staying safe at home, and we thank you, as always, for downloading and uh, listening to Nerd Radio. Make sure you rate and review us wherever you get in your podcast. And uh, I'll throw it to you guys one more time. Al, where can people find us in Boston? Rock929rocks.com. And, of course, James, plug our uh, our erstwhile sister show, Checkpoint XP. Uh, you can check out Checkpoint XP uh, coming soon, this Saturday, to 101.1 HD2, uh, Saturday evening i believe but you get more info uh, over at checkpointxp.com awesome guys thanks again for uh, joining me for another nerd radio we'll get together next week and talk about more comic books and video games and all that good stuff yay cool i'm in a difficult situation here i mean after all you're nerds have a great weekend see you later Thank nerds you. i have spoken power drive <laughs> your ball is in the parking lot <laughs> That joke is there because of uh, Sega Genesis. John Madden, like, talking football. Oh, yeah. Because that was the original game of, like, first down, (laughs) where it was very obviously just clips of... I can't remember which wrestling game it was, but I forever have have quoted it and been like, it looks like Randy Orton is going after the leg. (laughs) 